Konnichiwa and welcome back to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. This week I interview two-time World Cup winning first 5'8", Colin Slade. Slade shares with us his experiences in New Zealand as well as stories from his time in France and of course the mighty Dinobots. Let's go! Welcome back everyone to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. It's been a long time between drinks since I've had a guest on. But today we've got a very, very special guest, uh, Mr. NFT himself, Mr. Colin Slade. Uh, thanks for coming on, Slade. It's good to know that that's, uh, you know, that's, that's what I'll be remembered for, I guess, but, yeah. uh, at the Dinobals. But yeah, thank you for having me, Dougie. It's, uh, it's been long overdue, so it's, uh, appreciate you taking the time here. No, no. Um, yeah, I had a whole thing, uh, you know, sorted. I was going to say, you know, how many captured for the All Blacks, your Crusaders, you've played in France, you've played everywhere, but um, when push came to such shove, all I had was NFTs. I was a, yeah, stage fright. But um, ah, how's, uh, how are you going at the moment? How's the season going for you so far? Yeah, well, it's been a bit frustrating, hasn't it, Doug? It's, uh, um, yeah, obviously I took a bit of a nasty wee uh, incident earlier in the year and it's mm. been uh, sitting on the sidelines and... Uh, yeah, just taking my time. The club's been awesome. Um, but, yeah, look, I've sort of worked through the process here and um, got the green light to get back out there and, uh, yeah, get the carcass going again. So I'm pretty pumped about uh, getting back out there. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, we've uh, shared a lot of, you know, stories and stuff over like the 14 hours or whatever we've had to wait in hospitals for 20 minutes of talking to a doc or something. So there's been a lot of, uh, lot of waiting talking about cryptocurrencies and you've been teaching me a lot so uh yeah you're the definitely the sensei there yeah well, well we run out of things to talk about pretty quick doug so it's uh we've got to find something to make do that we can pass the time it's, it's been a pleasure yeah yeah um but uh yeah i guess well starting from your time in japan how have you uh found this is your second year here right eh? um mm. how's uh life at the dynamo has been obviously covid's been a bit iffy but yeah how are you finding japan yeah, it's um, it's been good. It's been good. It's been a little bit frustrating with COVID over the last couple of years. It's uh, it's not been perhaps the experience uh, you know I thought, but um, you know I've, I've really enjoyed the um, you know the team, the culture, and the mm-hmm. environment, and um, and you know like obviously the season's a wee bit shorter and uh, to what I've been used to. So it's been good. You know, the right time of my my career to come over here and uh, enjoy some rugby, and uh, when I've been able to get on the field and. Uh, yeah, obviously a few games to go here, so it's uh, hopefully we can finish on a positive. But yeah, it's been a bit frustrating. We haven't been able to get out and amongst and do the uh, the full Japanese experience, but uh, <laughs> still a bit of time to come, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the Nomi days and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> it's uh, what most of the people, I guess, pre-COVID, it was the first word everyone learned. Nomi days, all you can drink. Uh, um, so everyone, that's what you'd ask whenever people on the street are asking you to come into their store. You ask Nomi Horday or not, and if they say yes, then you're in there. It's normally, what, 15 bucks for two hours or something, eh? So I wouldn't know, mate. I, haven't, mm. I don't drink beer. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Um, <laughs> athlete. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I guess before you came to Japan, had you ever been or anything like that? Like, yeah, what did you think of Japan before you arrived? Yeah, well, I came over in uh, high school. Um, oh, yeah. Without showing my age, uh, 2005 with um, Christchurch Boys High School, and we played in that Sunnex tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah. Down there, I loved the place, um, and always knew I wanted to come back as a player, but 
obviously uh, my journey led me to France for mm. for a while after New Zealand and um, yeah like I said I knew I wanted to come to Japan and um, probably was probably was watching the, the 2019 World Cup that probably yeah. solidified that in my head that uh, yeah I was getting a little bit older and time was running out but I needed to get over there at some point and it worked out great at uh, you know I'd known Coops here mm-hmm. um, obviously the coach with us at the Dinobles I'd known him from a previous life with uh, in New Zealand he was my New Zealand under 21s coach and, oh yeah. Um, had that connection there, and uh, thankfully it worked out timing-wise that uh, he needed a, a player and I needed a club, and yeah. it was a match made in heaven. Yeah, how good, how good. Um, but yeah, I guess you mentioned uh, Christchurch boys, but um, you guys were pretty successful when you were there, eh? What, won two titles or something? Yeah, something like that, man. Yeah. Sure look it up so, on yeah, yeah. yeah, I uh, just off the top of my head, obviously no research done by me, um, but um, how was your, I guess, time, or... For a lot of a few of my uh, listeners uh, from NZ don't know too much about the life there, but how was it growing up in? Uh, did you grow up in Christchurch? Yep, born yeah. and bred in Christchurch. Um, yeah, went to Christchurch Boys. Um, yeah, like you said, I was, I was sort of uh, I was actually a cricketer growing up, mm-hmm. but was um, enjoyed rugby, loved rugby, but um, yeah, it wasn't probably until I got to the first fifteen and we started having a good run and uh, started getting the you know in front of the right people and and got a crack and. Um, I suppose the rest was history a wee bit, but um, obviously you know a lot of hard work and a bit of luck in there, and I uh, got the opportunities. And yeah, it was it was a dream come true to play for the Crusaders and do that. Obviously, being a Christchurch lad, and um, yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of things have gone well for me, I guess. But you know, in saying that, had plenty of downs as well. But uh, that's part and parcel with the with the rugby journey. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, is that the is the pathway if you play well? For uh, high school, you kind of go into the provincial side, and then from there, super teams start knocking. Or like, what was your path like there? Yeah, so you you come out of um, school, and then you go to club, and then uh, you know, obviously the academies and things like that mm-hmm. pick you and scout you and all that sort of stuff, and chuck you, chuck you in there to see, test your metal, I guess, and they keep watching you and your and your growth. And um, yeah, I suppose it's like I said, it was, it was on some good teams there that uh, certainly uh, you know got me in front of the right people and um yeah worked out well so it's uh yeah they got picked up by canterbury and yeah. following year the crusaders and um yeah stuck yeah. with menaces got set up for a while yeah nice um obviously were you always a 10 growing up uh i played most positions um in the back line but yeah i suppose professionally mostly at 10 obviously mm-hmm. dabbled away at 15 got a test match at nine Whoa. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and on the wing, I got yeah. five on the wing actually. Um, um, yeah, which is more than Benny Paltridge. <laughs> so um, technically, I'm probably a better winger than him, mm. I'd say, um, and faster than him too. Because I know he listens to this. He's, yeah. I know he's your number one listener. So yeah. I suppose it's a time to give Benny a shout out there, and obviously wish his uh, recovery um, all the best. And yeah. I'm here, and um, you know he has, he's got COVID at the moment. <laughs> So, no, actually, he reckons he doesn't, so uh, I reckon it's a load of shit. But, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, just bleeped that out. But, yeah, no, Benny, uh, wish you well, mate. Hope you're recovering well, and I miss your chat. Yeah, um, obviously, Ben, he was on the uh, potty quite early in the season, the pre-season, but that was one of the best-performing podcast man because I think he shared it the most out of anyone. Um, and he's probably listened to it ten times as well. So He does run his own fan page as well. Do you know that? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah he's got a ben pay, uh, Benny Paltridge fan club, and uh, he's his big, own biggest fan. Um, <laughs> but uh, he certainly certainly uh, loves, loves the sound of his own voice, so I'm surprised uh, 
that wasn't your longest potty. Yeah. Um, um, I know Nikki took that award, didn't he? Oh, oh. Um, yeah, they were close. I think Ben was there just because he loves chat. Yeah. Uh, Nikki Ely, not the fastest speaker. Yeah. Like ben actually Not the fastest, really, at anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, unless you're talking eating. Oh, yeah. You can go good. Oh, true. Yeah, apparently. Uh, but um, yeah, Next live stream, I have to do that. Yeah. Like eating stream with Nick. Yeah, it'll go for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it'll go for a while. Van <laughs> uh, nice. Um, mm-hmm. Or anyone who, uh, I guess, hasn't seen Ben in action this season, his best try was on that uh, World Rugby page from a pass from you, Slady, in our first game against uh, Kintetsu. And I think you had the hand in the air as soon as Ben got that uh, ball in his hand. So you had trust in him, I think, pretty early. But, well, um, it was a pretty easy try to score, <laughs> but I don't know why he tried to make it look difficult oh. and do a big dive. But uh, He slowed down her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a sort he does it, right? Yeah. He actually shouted out to World Rugby, can <laughs> yeah. you please repost this? Yeah. People don't know that. I uh, do. Nice, nice. Uh, you get a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff here. Um, mm. but, uh, yeah, I uh, what you said about you know playing a lot of positions, obviously there are a few good 10s down there in uh, Christchurch Crusaders and stuff. You had uh, Stephen Brett was there with UA, and uh, obviously DC was there around the same time, but um yeah how was that i guess being with those guys with that um yeah with a lot of competition in your position yeah all boys high lads too so something in the water there but uh Mm. yeah yeah like i was i was blessed and cursed i guess to have uh so much talent around me at the time obviously uh i won't say it's cursed that's probably a bit too harsh but it's certainly uh you know, like obviously Dan, Dan had a mortgage on that jersey for a, for a long time, but you know, equally so, it was great to play with him. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like I said with Stevie at the start there, had a couple of couple of years with him. Um, he he struggled with injury a wee bit, which um, you know it was unfortunate for him. But um, you know, I played a lot with with Stevie Dizzy, Obviously, um, we had plenty of other guys there. Um, Tyler Blindale as well. Um, he left Ireland pretty uh, well. Not not quickly, I guess, but, mm-hmm. you know, in time. And then, you know, Tommy Taylor was there. And yep. and obviously a, a young Richie Moung who's kicked on pretty well too. Mm-hmm. So, it's um, yeah, there's plenty of talent down there and always has been. And it's, it was great to learn from um, and battle away with and, and, and enjoy each other's company off the field too. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I was lucky and, and fortunate. But, you know, yep. at the same time, um, you know, I suppose uh, having DC there always made it a bit of a challenge to to get regular game time. So that, you know, I went down to the Highlanders for a few years, and that yeah, was great, yeah. and loved that, and and it helped me grow a lot. But uh, you know, I enjoy coming back to Crusaders. It's you know, being a Christchurch lad, that's where uh, the heart lay, and um, where I enjoy playing um, in front of family and stuff like that mm-hmm. every week. Yeah, because um, yeah, I guess at the Crusaders and probably uh, Canterbury as well. If those guys were there, you might play a bit of a fullback and, um, you know, like you said, maybe even on the wing and stuff. But did you ever mind uh, playing, I guess, out of position? Was that ever a problem for you? No, not at all. Not at all. Not early on in my career, too. Um, it was just looking to play and all the rest of it. And obviously, everyone wants to play in their number one position and get in and progress. But um, I knew I was young and those guys are doing the right. So just sort of had it away there and, and moved around a bit, which I actually think helped me in the long run and certainly. Uh, you know, without putting pe- words in people's mouths or anything like that, but you know, it helped me get into teams at times. Mm-hmm. The utility factor, and um, you know, I think any player just wants to be on the field, and obviously, uh, your preferred position. But if not, then then anywhere else is good. And yeah, just sort of cracked on and uh, got yeah. on with the job wherever I was put. Yeah, nice. Um, and then when you came back to the Crusaders, there was a time you were saying when uh, obviously you were at ten, DC was at twelve. But uh, yeah, I guess how was that playing a uh, 
akin to his 12? Yeah, I mean, the the first year I came, so 2014, I, I uh, what did he do? He had one of those sabbaticals or injuries, I can't remember, but um, I think he had a year off that year. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then he came back just for the back end. So I sort of obviously was playing there um, while he was gone and and it was going all right. So then, you know, thankfully left me in there. And then uh, the next year, yeah, we, we, we actually kept going with that combination. So that was great to, you know, to get the nod to come to play, uh, you know, inside him. Um, yeah, uh, it's just, it was, I suppose you'd, you'd play with each other and behind each other and next to each other. It's mm-hmm. uh, as long as we're, we're playing, it's, uh, we're happy. Does that mean if you're 10, do you have to do all the attack meetings and stuff? Or? <laughs> Where are you going with this? <laughs> no, no. I was just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, obviously there's a bit more of a, you know, work these tactical meetings and stuff if you're at 10, maybe not if you're at 12, but just wondering, yeah. If, uh, oh, he's an experienced yeah. guy, so he's always there to lean on. So it's, mm-hmm. um, I know what you're, you're trying to poke at him, mate. <laughs> so just hol- holster that pistol. <laughs> No, it's, it's important for the team to drive mm-hmm. the team. So they, I, I was given that job and, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed that while I was doing it. And, um, yeah, like I said earlier, you know, it grows you as a person as well. So, it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just part, part of it. No, because uh, that's something over here that I think for ages, like you never do, the coach says something, then that's gospel, you know. You have to do stuff, uh, especially at uni in Japan and something that a lot of the foreign coaches are trying to bring in over here as well, so. I think it's uh, definitely something that the young tens over here will probably give them a bit of confidence. But I'm guessing, yeah, it helps you if you're the one actually presenting when you're on the field. It's a lot easier to uh, call the shots and stuff. Yeah, I think it's it's twofold. Obviously, it takes a uh, um, take. Well, not say it takes the work off the coach, but it helps spread the load and mm-hmm. it's a different voice. And uh, and certainly, as a player, you're the one on the field that can do it. So if your tens buying into it, yeah. Um, you know the players will, will listen because they're the ones that are handling you on the field, and um, and obviously as a leader, you know you have to know know it just as well, if not better than everyone else. And um, yeah, and if you're if you're the one doing it, guys will follow you. Um, it's part and parcel with being a team. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, and then sorry, you've kind of jumped between your provincial and then super stuff. But how was that a jump from provincial to super? Is there a big jump there? Like, uh, did you ever feel that? And um, yeah, I guess how was that? Going between those teams, um, so it's a while ago, Dougie. <laughs> I don't really remember, <laughs> but I'll rattle off a couple of cliches. Yep, definitely faster, bigger. No, like you, yeah, that is what you'd expect. It's uh, you obviously narrow it, narrow the, the playing pool down a lot to five mm-hmm. teams, and you've got higher quality, and you've obviously got the All Blacks in the mix. So Super, uh, super Rugby is a hell of a step up. But um, you know, I was pretty lucky um, earlier on. I guess I was on a pretty good Crusaders team. Um, with plenty of experienced guys around me, so um, you know, I, I, the first couple of years I spent a bit of time, you know, ten and bit of time on the wing and fullback, and it was just you know getting getting used to the level and um, being around those sort of those guys on a consistent basis made it a bit easier to just go out there and do my job. And um, yeah, I, I think you know they do a good job, um, the players, but the coaches and all the rest of it, they do a good job for preparing yourself for the mm-hmm. for the level. And obviously, your, your intensity picks up in your preparation and. And physically, you get a bit, of, uh, bit more in shape to higher demands of Super Rugby uh, as you get a little bit older too, so you can handle that side of things a bit better. Yeah, um, um, yeah so it's uh, definitely a step up to, to, to cut a long answer short. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what about the uh, travel? Where was uh, fav- your favourite place to travel uh, super-wise? And um, any, I guess, interesting uh, stories from tours or anything? 
Yeah, no, can't do anything. <laughs> no, nothing to nothing to, to to leak on anyway. But um, no, look, South Africa was always the highlight of the boys' mm-hmm. calendar. Um, it is interesting now, I guess, to sort of obviously not have that as part of the schedule, yeah, yeah. but the, for the guys that did it, um, you know, I can see why. I suppose um, ha- having having family now, it could be tough yeah. um, to to understand that. But at the time, I you know I was um, no kids, and obviously I had my partner Emma, but. Um, it was, you know, like it wasn't that. I feel like I'm leading the kids behind it, which obviously some players yeah, had. So some players didn't really look forward to it, but I loved it. Um, South Africa was a beautiful place, and the weather was always good. And um, you know, I love playing over there. The games were always wide open and mm-hmm. dry ball and um, afternoon footy too. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, certain. And obviously, being away for three weeks with with your teammates as well, you yeah, get some yeah, pretty good yeah. memories over there, and done some pretty cool stuff, shark diving and. Oh, um, shooting all sorts of guns that you wouldn't get to shoot <laughs> anywhere else but yeah. South Africa and seeing a whole bunch of animals you wouldn't see either um, both um, wildlife animals and human animals <laughs> in certain situations yeah. but uh, yeah I, I'd certainly yeah loved that part of the, the, the calendar anyway sort of mm-hmm. highlighted that and enjoyed that yeah nice man um, then obviously you played uh, pretty well super rugby level and uh, I guess how did your debut for the uh all blacks come about like how did um that come up was there talk before you made into all blacks about what you need to do how close you were and stuff and i guess how was all that uh in terms of the process um yeah i mean again a while ago uh sorry <laughs> mate um yeah I, I guess i remember the first time i got called onto the all blacks i didn't actually know i'd been called in until i saw it in the paper it was a christchurch camp and um they sort of uh, just asked me to come along. To I thought to hold some tackle bags. I was yeah, like, "Sure, yeah, yeah. sweet, I'll jump in." And uh, and then at the end of the camp, they're like, oh, "We've actually uh, got one more. Well, our next game to Wellington. Can you come up? Um, just just because you're you know familiar with the team after today." And I was like, "Yeah, sweet." Uh, we, I think we had to buy the Crusaders. Uh, where were we Canterbury? Sorry, yeah. Um, at the time, so I was like, "Oh yeah, sweet." Um, and then, yeah, it sort of was in the paper that I've been called up, and I was like, I didn't really want to ask. It's a bit awkward. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, have I actually? My can I say I'm in the All Blacks yeah, now? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it was for two, and then it, that got extended another week, and it was sort of like two weeks. I was sort of in there, and um, and and yeah, without sort of knowing it. But I didn't play, so I, you know, it was obviously um, in, in that 2009 time. But um, yeah, the, the next year. I, I made my debut um, towards the end of the year, and um, I think it was Dan got injured again, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. And um, yeah, I ended up coming off the bench in, in Sydney, um, and, and yeah, we ended up winning, which was a, a good a good day at the office to you know to win your first test. And um, yeah, I, it was it was pretty surreal. Like it was a similar situation in terms of your boss playing Item Cup, and then yeah. got called into the All Blacks, and yeah. straight away I was at that time I'd happen to to get the start, happen to get the a spot on the bench, I guess, mm-hmm. and, and and make my debut, and uh, sort of happened pretty quickly, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you ever play like? Do you have any uh, games off the bench in super and provincial level, or um, yeah, how was it? Are you sitting on an All Blacks bench, not knowing when you're about to go on? Yeah, I, I can't really remember too much. Um, yeah, super rugby stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure, I probably had a few on the bench early there, but. To speak of that, yeah, test match. I guess it was quite a weird one because you're sort of at this big occasion, and um, I hadn't been to too many All Black games as a spectator, but you yeah. know, you, you felt like a spectator at this game rather <laughs> yeah. than a player. And um, yeah, obviously, you go and do the anthem, do the haka, nearly black out doing the haka because you know, <laughs> you know, you just want to go as nuts as possible, yeah, yeah. and then sort of sit on the bench and sort of just like 40 minutes goes by, you watched, 
uh, this game like you know front row seats sort of mm-hmm. stuff and then going to the changing room I was like oh, hang on you, you might go on in 20 minutes I was like oh, alright um, and then it's like your number's up and it's yeah you sort of run around like a headless chicken a wee mm-hmm. bit it's full of energy and adrenaline and um, yeah I didn't do too much I just um, tried to go out there and sort of catch and pass and run around and add energy and you know thankfully uh, you know we actually had to come behind come from behind victory and um, it just felt good to sort of add some value there, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just a good moment. Yeah, nice. Man. And then uh, obviously, what well, that was two thousand ten. So mm-hmm. the next year, you got the World Cup in uh, NZ. I remember the one in uh, France in two thousand seven. I was what fourteen or something, but didn't really know what was happening. But I remember crying because Dad was sad. Uh, and then there's a lot of pressure on that uh, twenty eleven team. Obviously, at home, hadn't won since. Uh, you know, the last time was in NZ, but how was all that uh, getting called up into the squad and then the um, tournament in general? Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a hell of a lot of pressure. Um, and we we didn't win the Tri-Nations that year. Um, yeah. You know, and everyone felt the pressure going into it. And, um, yeah, yeah, we are, there were a few moments, I guess, where, um, you know, we knew we were the best, best team. Yeah. Um, you know, that year and stuff, but obviously we lost, I think we lost a couple of Tri-Nations games, one to South Africa, one to Aussie going into the World Cup, it sort of dented the confidence a mm-hmm. wee bit and the stress levels picked up a wee bit. <clears throat> you know, we got onto the tournament and and obviously the stress levels within the team, but also the country as well sort of was, a, you know, we wanted to get this, uh, you know, this monkey off our back. We yeah. hadn't won a World Cup for a while and tended to um, tended to struggle at these tournaments. So, it's, um, yeah, the pressure was pretty crazy um, looking back on it and, at the time, we were kind of in our own wee bubble. Yeah. Um, it felt a bit weird that we're in the middle of Auckland, but um, you didn't really leave the hotel at all because you couldn't. Um, yeah. You know, it was just pretty crazy, um, especially towards the, the playoffs and stuff. And then, yeah, obviously with Dan going down, sort of heightened everything. And um, and then, yeah, obviously I got my shot and then that felt a bit pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. And then I was, you know, on the day after the game or sort of on, on the flight home and it was like oh well, that was it sort yeah, of like yeah, yeah sort of a bit of an anti-climax but um, you know it worked out well in the end and thankfully we uh, we won and um, the whole country sort of had a sigh of relief I guess <laughs> yeah um, you were just giving a Yang Beaver's uh, movie eh? you just wanted to set the scene <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much mate it's, uh, we, we all created it yeah uh, a situation there where the beef got on there and uh, finished it off. Oh, how good. Um, yeah, but I remember, I think I was at, I'm not Christian or anything, but my friend invited me to a Christian camp. They had it on the big screen. and I've heard about those camps, mate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Explains yeah. a bit now that you tell me that. Uh, flashbacks. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah. That's oh. a whole nother potty right there. <laughs> it's one after dark. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, join the Patreon and you'll be able to listen to that one. Um, <laughs> But um, no, I uh, everyone was you know so pumped. We scored a uh, think well, from the special off the lineup. I was like, oh yo, we got this. Uh, and then yeah, the next seventy minutes or whatever it was was just uh, quite intense. So I can just only imagine how it was like in the actual squad. But when you said you flew home, like as soon as you got injured, were you just kind of did you have to leave the squad or were you? Yeah, that was the rules. When you bring someone in, you had to you know lose someone. It was. Uh... So me and Millsy actually got injured in that quarterfinal and we yeah. were both sort of out. Um, sure. Yeah, he lived in Auckland, um, so he was he'd still come in a, in a wee bit. But obviously, um, with me and Christchurch, I sort of went home. And to be honest, that was 
it was a good thing. Like there was so much, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mentioned pressure and stuff. And you know, as soon as you could get out of that bubble, it was a, it was a breath of fresh air getting down to Christchurch. But um, sorry, what was your original question? Oh, just um, yeah, I guess I was watching on the screen. I'm guessing you were in Christchurch watching it as well. But um, yeah, well, yeah. sorry, yeah, no, I remember now actually. Well, I, I'd come back up to the games and morning of the games and stuff like that. But actually, the final I was in. Um, so the, the injury I got, I pulled my doctors and I ended mm-hmm. up getting a couple of uh, <laughs> infections from from um, anaesthetics oh, yeah, uh, to basically try and relieve the pain. And I ended up in hospital for seven days right wow. through that World Cup final time. And it was quite weird. I had to get like um, medical. They didn't want to let me out of the hospital to go to the game. And um, I had to go on the, they had to get the match doctor to sign an exemption yeah, that yeah. he was going to look after me. And I had to get my doctor picked up from the airport and basically like, you know, like I was flat on my back, yeah, <clears throat> and you had to get like um, IV injections and stuff like that. So, like, even when I was up on the wheel, you know, I had a live, like a active IV oh, yeah. portal, I guess, yeah, <laughs> for one of a better word, yeah, for, yeah. in my to get injections at half time and straight after the game and stuff like this. I do it every four hours, even uh, right the way, and then straight back in the morning, just uh, first flight out back to the hospital again. It was a uh, yeah, oh, wow. it, was, um, it was an interesting wee period there that I was sort of up there walking up on the stage <laughs> and. Uh, you know, full of bloody yeah, God knows yeah. what and trying to get right. Yeah. Um, Not well, really be able to celebrate as much as yeah. uh, I thought a couple of weeks prior, I guess. I was going to say, because obviously, you know, that's when, like you said, everyone had that, uh, I guess, uh, you know, relief come over them and everyone would have, it would have been a pretty big uh, party atmosphere, I would have thought. But with you seeing that, that sticking out of your arm and everything, maybe you wouldn't have been able to party as hard as, obviously you don't party much because you're an athlete, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I couldn't really do yeah, anything. It was quite a weird one actually because like we had a few events after that World Cup final, but everyone sort of did their own thing a wee bit because I oh, think yeah. it was so like compressed. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up, I did go out because on flight wasn't until about six. I went out to some, I, I have to forgive me, I know he was some sort of um, um, big deal yeah, of some yeah. big company um, was about five or six of us went yeah. to his apartment on like the waterfront it was like, it was awesome it was really out of body, uh, out of world experience yeah, like, yeah. You know, am I you know it's me thinking we're just you know and everyone sort of scattered off and then reunited in the mornings and um, obviously there was a parade and stuff like that but yeah sort of kept it and got back to got back to the church yeah mm. nice man um, and yeah we kind of touched on your super ugly stuff in between those World Cups and stuff. But one thing I guess we didn't touch on, you were talking about that pressure in the World Cup, but how was it, I guess, super rugby? Obviously, NZ, we love the uh, rugby over here. It's, yeah, people love rugby, but, you know, not like NZ. Um, but how was it, I guess, after you play well, obviously, everyone's loving you. If you don't have a good game, then, you know, people suddenly hate you. But I guess how was all that stuff? Yeah, um, Took, it's harder to do handle, I guess, when you're younger. As you get a bit mm-hmm. older, you sort of realise, um, you know, the people um, that take the time to write comments and stuff like yeah. that are the people that, uh, you know, you, you don't need to think twice about, I guess. But yeah. um, New Zealand's a really, like, um, analytical and, and, you know, crowd in terms of stuff like that. Everyone mm-hmm. sort of watches a game from a you know, analytical perspective. And yeah. um, it, it's something that really... Uh, you know, highlighted to me, I guess, when I went over to France and it was just, uh, I mean, dark outcome focused in France, you either win or you, you don't. Yeah. That's their level of success in New Zealand. You can win by 30, but not be good enough. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll, you know, we've got that tall poppy syndrome that, yeah. uh, you know, we can, like I said, win by 30, but they'll pick on the two tyres that didn't play well and that's yeah. all it is. But, you know, in France, they just get behind uh, an occasion, behind a team, support you, um, as long as you're giving it everything and it's, um, and you, and you win. Yeah. And it's, um, 
yeah, that was a different sort of pressure. But yeah, in New Zealand, you're right. You sort of had the the highs and and probably more like I said, it would pick on individuals a bit more in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. It's just the way we do things and. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's certainly something. Yeah, like I said, sorry, keeping back to your original question. When you're a bit younger, you sort of found it a bit harder. But as mm-hmm. you got older, you sort of yeah, don't yeah. really give two yeah. rats really. True, <laughs> true. Um, yeah, I guess we don't have those uh, big international soccer stars and stuff that you know France and England and even TV celebs and anything. So you guys are the only ones uh, Kiwis can kind of look at and critique, I guess, from our own backyard. So yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean you're right there. It's um, Rugby is what we all know, and it's part of mm. our religion. And again, you realise that when you go overseas, and yeah. um, you know, pretty much anyone in New Zealand knows what's happening on the rugby front. And you go overseas, and pretty much uh, no one outside of your town will know who you are. And it's, uh, it's and, you know, it's just the way it is. And there's obviously a lot of uh, it's a big world out there, and a lot of different sports that mm. pull people's attention, but perhaps not so much in New Zealand. Yeah, um, and sorry, just to I guess jump four years from your. World Cup win. Obviously, you got another World Cup in England this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess how was the build up to that, and how was uh, that tournament as a whole? He's not playing in, uh, yeah, NZ obviously. But I guess how was that as a tournament? Well, so yeah, I, I um, announced for one of a bit of a term that I was going over to France probably about six months before that World Cup. So yeah, I was yeah. a little bit like. You know, I kind of knew when I signed whether I was going to, you know, they're going to impact my chances. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, thankfully I made the team and um, I kind of knew going into the World Cup that that was my last hurrah. So no matter what, I was going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, Deezy was obviously there at 10. Bodie had that, the second jersey. So I knew opportunity was going to be uh, limited and mm-hmm. I was relatively uh, accepting on that fact. Obviously, I trained as hard as I could. and yeah. um, But, um, you know, I just basically went in there with the mindset to enjoy it. And, yeah, it was a, it was a lot. A lot, uh, a lot better World Cup to enjoy. Yeah, you know, being in England as we talked about, you know, the big cities and stuff like that. It's not, it wasn't all about rugby. You know, you yeah, get out yeah. days off and do whatever you wanted to do. And yeah, I had a great time. Loved it. Yeah, nice. um, yeah, that was a good way to go out. I guess. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Um, were you able to celebrate after that one? Yep. Nice. Yeah. Cool, cool. Can leave it there. Oh, up to you. Um, they, we can add any more to the Patreon version. No, I don't even have a Patreon. I'm just. Well, we can create one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'll any. Be your co-host. <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, I'll be the guest on there. Um, but, uh, yeah. Were there any interesting stories you'd like to talk about or no? no? So, 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 so? No, um, yeah. It was just a good time with the boys. Oh, how good. How good. Mm. Um, and yeah. And you talked about going to France, but what, uh, brought on that decision? Um, well, yeah. I, yeah, a lot of layers of the onion to peel back, I guess. But ultimately, you know, I'd played in New Zealand for a while and um, the pathway there wasn't getting any uh, clearer, I guess, in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, All Blacks. And I've done that for sort of seven or six years in the All Blacks and played there for eight years in New Zealand. So, you know, I was relatively pragmatic about the fact that, you know, like, hey, you know, it might keep going and whatnot. But, you know, you're a rugby player, you're only young um, and you've only got a certain period of time. And um, we hadn't, we didn't have kids at that stage either. Yeah. So, you know, it was a pretty clear decision, you know, chance to go overseas. It was something we always wanted to do. And, um, yeah, I can yeah, – zero regrets. Like, yeah. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And stoked that I went over at 28 and not mm. and not 32. You know, like, a, you can't really wind back the clock and go, I wish I came earlier. You'd rather go over early if you didn't like it, come back. But, um, yeah, everyone makes their own decisions, I guess, and um, based on whatever. But, you know, money was certainly a factor. That was, um, you know, the – no hiding behind that but there was also the you know living in Europe for mm. when you're 28 and yeah. um, no kids oh. um, yeah it was awesome yeah the awesome. train so the train uh, 
yeah, I was, I was lucky that, uh, yeah, I got to experience France for as long as I did and, um, and Japan now mm. and, um, yeah, had, had plenty enough time to take off as much as I needed in New Zealand too, so I've been uh, been blessed there. Yeah, nice, man. Um, and uh, the club you went to, was it a Po? Yep. He, yeah, Po. Um, yeah. They, what, got promoted when you went over? Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, yep, so we I got over there the first year. Mm. They were in the top league and... Um, yeah. yeah, we battled away for a couple of years, but we had a good crew there and um, a lot of Kiwis there and played with oh, Conrad yeah. and Tommy Taylor. That, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of Kiwis, Jamie McIntosh mm-hmm. um, was there, and yeah, we had a, we had a great time. Sorry, I've probably forgotten a couple of couple of lads, um, but yeah, we had a great time, great crew. Yeah, nice. And uh, what about the uh, difference in culture, language? Uh, did you know any French before you went over there? No. <laughs> no, none really. I did a few lessons, but I, was, yeah. you know, I knew I was going over the young, so I wanted yeah, yeah, to really yeah. commit to it. And I'll be the first to admit that I haven't probably committed to the Japanese languages as well as I should have. But I, I learned little bits around the team. But mm-hmm. um, it was a bit different in France. I think uh, going over there a bit younger, knowing, knowing I was going there for a longer time, I, I you know, I was, and I was really keen to learn yeah. uh, the French language. So um, yeah, it was it was good to learn that. Yeah, and no translators or anything? No, well, our coach was um, a Kiwi, but he was bilingual, oh, yeah. I guess, so yeah, he, yeah. he would translate meetings, but he wasn't a, wouldn't have someone like yourself, Doug, he'd run around and uh, help translate, you know, conversations between players and stuff like that. He he didn't even like really translating, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. It was just he'd do it in the meetings and that was it. And yeah. You asked him to translate something and he'd be, nah, not my job. You know, it was, it was what it is. But, um, yeah, a bit more of an expectation, I suppose, just mm-hmm. to... to to have to learn a, a bit more over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's uh, the dream in terms of translation. I just want to be your kicking partner, to be fair. Um, when someone asks me to translate, I'm like, oh, uh, no. <laughs> no. You do both, mate. You do both. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Jack of all trades. Um, Master of none. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Keep <laughs> no. um, but yeah, you were uh, you're over there until like for five years or so, were you? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I would yes. have been five years. COVID ruined the oh, last. yeah. Third of a year, but oh, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, um, well, I've never, you know, been to Europe, but uh, I guess what did you enjoy most about living over there? Um, yeah, like I mentioned, the travel, um, you know, one hour and you're in Spain or Italy or Germany mm-hmm. or whatever. So that was, uh, you know, that was awesome. And like I said, be able to do that with our kids was a, was a, a lot easier. Yeah. Um, yeah, just everything. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, I know the French people have a bad rap, but it's certainly not always easy at times. It can be difficult. Um, mm. But, you know, luckily my, my wee town there, um, Poe, they love rugby, so everyone's yeah. really nice. And, um, yeah, it was just a heck of a place to, to live. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Um, and then you kind of talked about how you uh, got the opportunity to come over here. But, um, yeah, how was it uh, doing that in COVID times? And um, how was the COVID situation when you first went to, Oh, sorry, when you were in France and, uh, yeah, how did you find the change in scenery in Japan? Sorry, there's like four questions in one. Yeah, I'll try and rattle them off. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, COVID sort of hit and the world panicked and we gapped it pretty quickly out of, out of France. We, we lasted about a month there. When I say it lasted, um, we sort of had rumours that the borders were closing in New yeah, Zealand, yeah. so we looked, bugger it, we'll get home. And it was a bit of a mad dash and a sad way to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't tell anyone, any of my French friends and even my teammates that I was uh, had left the the team until I was in New Zealand. So that, that was a bit of a bummer, and I sort of, that's half the reason, well, pretty much all the reason why I want to go back there in the World mm-hmm. Cup next year and, you know, see everyone off properly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I've lost you. Oh, three questions, Doug. Uh, yes. How was it coming to Japan? Obviously a different culture and stuff, but, yeah, how was that? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I was due for a change. Like mm. I, you know, I felt like I mean the seasons are long over there, and I wasn't getting any younger, and um, I needed a change. You know, that was like I said, I, I did five, nearly five years. I, I probably felt that was probably one year too mm. long, but um, yeah, that was my contract, and I sort of just battled through. Um, not battled through is the right word, but yeah, ground ground through the the last the last sort of six months to a year. Um, and it was needed the change came over here. It was great, um, great to have that change as I mentioned earlier. Um, shorter seasons and mm-hmm. um, yeah, obviously we had a disappointing year last year, but you know that was that and moved on and come back this year and we've had a good year this year and I've enjoyed it. Even though I haven't been playing, it's still been a lot more of a, a positive environment because when you're winning, you know everything's better. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's been good and. Yeah, just like I said earlier in the in the potty that uh, it's a bit of a shame about the COVID situation, mm. but um, ah, it's been uh, the best of a bad situation, I guess. There. Yeah. Um. Nice man. And obviously, I haven't asked you uh, too many rugby questions about Japan and France, and part of that's because don't ask few... me to compare. Everyone asks me to compare, oh. and then you offend one country <laughs> and the other one, and you get in trouble, and it's just oh, nasty. Oh, uh, yeah. I I I got asked in New Zealand about French rugby, thinking that no one in France would give a shit. And yeah. Suddenly, it made the front page of the French rugby paper, and I'm like, oh god. Um, sort yeah. of left and left behind. Oh, well, like you know, uh, all the uh, media outlets, uh, you know, waiting for Japan Rugby Weekly to uh, put out their you post. No, mate. Ben <laughs> uh, Poultridge might oh. take a soundbite out of it, yeah. post it to World Rugby, and then all of a sudden, boom. <laughs> He's made a blow up out of, out of nothing. Oh, I was going to say, uh, the reason why I haven't asked anything about it is because uh, Ben Poultridge, he actually sent through a question on the gram and he did say, he was actually talking about life in a, like, which is better to live in France and Japan. But there were a few, I think two or three questions saying, which is better the uh, top 14 or top league and stuff. And obviously a lot of uh, questions like that. But um, yeah, like you said, complete different competitions and stuff and pretty hard to compare. But uh how did you find the rugby side of things in France? Uh, yeah, when you're playing over there. Uh, yeah, look, it's, it's it was it was awesome. It was really awesome. The demands were a bit harder in terms of the longer seasons, yeah. and you know they had bigger trainings and workloads, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, like the big big men over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the like the ambience of a rugby game over there is second to none. Oh like, yeah, it's yeah. just absolutely. And I don't mind to say it, like it shits all over anywhere else I played. Yeah, I mean South Africa was up there because mm-hmm. um, I just mad as a cut snake and I'd start you know yelling <laughs> for their teams. And yeah, yeah. That gets, that was the loudest I've ever played. But in France, it was just it was brilliant. It was um, it was a real theatre to it. Mm-hmm. It was a real um, you know, the crowds involved and yelling and, and mostly booing and whistling and yeah. stuff like that. But um, influencing the refs and all that sort of stuff but true, you know true. you knew that at home you had your team behind you but when you went away it was very much you against everyone and yeah and I enjoyed that side of that side of thing but um yeah it was my, my best I reckon my best rugby memories will be of that mm-hmm. in France yeah, playing yeah. in um, some pretty uh hostile environments I guess but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say like the rugby was definitely challenging but mm-hmm. you just you adapt to that style of play in that respect um, I think, you know, without trying to offend anyone, Super Rugby's the, the hardest. Mm-hmm. Well, you got international rugby, obviously, but yeah, yeah. Um, but a different, like the whole factor of you working against the crowds, against the refs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen in the Six Nations recently, like the French are just special humans. And yeah, I mean yeah. that in a really positive way. Yeah. Um, that when they've got their tail up, my goodness, like I've seen some lower teams beat top teams mm-hmm. in, in away games and important games. And, um, 
yeah, you really feel like you're fighting the world against, you know, against them at a certain time. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know what I've answered of your questions mm-hmm. there, but no. it's a bit of a synopsis of oh. uh, a comparison. But yeah, Japan's just been a, um, you know, it's an opener. Get opener. Jeez, I'm making up words here, Doug. Yeah, nice. Uh, a That's more it. open sort of style of play here, and oh, I love that. Like, yeah, it's yeah. more my style, and I, I enjoy that. And uh, when I've been able to get out there, and mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously the guys aren't as big and, and powerful, or whatever, but um, doesn't mean that it's any easier. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just a different challenge. Yeah, yeah, nice. Nah, um, you've been a all great quality man. Great quality. There's nothing for normally like for Ben Singh. I think I was trying to add things for he. Most of his questions he answered about the nightlife in Lopongi. So uh, oh, right. I had to try and steer it back to rugby, but here, you know, you've uh, been very I'm professional. I'm surprised so. he wasn't just always going back to how fast he was or <laughs> is or whatever yeah. he wants to think well, he is. That was in preseason when he was in uh, um, isolation. I never met him before. Mm. Um, so I didn't actually know. And he didn't actually let on that he was that fast then. So, he introduced um, himself to me yeah. as the fastest guy in Japan rugby. Oh. <laughs> Crazy. I said, have you raced me? <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, yeah, when I yeah. came over, I was 32 or 3, I can't remember mm-hmm. now. But the fact is, like, you haven't raced everyone, you don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's it turns like, out he was right. Don't, no, get that out. Yeah, I know, it's soundbite sent to him now, so <laughs> he'll buy that for you, Jimon, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, before we go to, like I said, uh, big name, a lot of big questions. Uh, so just to want to touch on those, uh, like you know, 50% were from Ben Poultridge. But um, before I go on to that, you obviously done a lot of stuff outside of uh, rugby as well. Everything that all the Dynaballs guys have been asking about and the questions have been about crypto, NFTs and stuff. But did you want to talk at all about that stuff? Is that your new passion at the moment? Or? Um, yeah, I think it's just a... a um Always had a bit of a curiosity around uh, anything, really, and mm-hmm. that's just a bit of a latest trend, I guess. But it's not to say that I don't have plenty of um, curiosities, I guess. But um, yeah, it's an interesting concept. I think it'll take a bit of time to develop, and uh, you know, all the all the jet boys are in on it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but from various uh, various different ones, and the walking their shoes and all that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, I mean, it is interesting. It's a bit of a um, Crossroads time, I guess, where it'll, yeah. what it'll look like in the future versus what it is now is probably entirely different. But, um, yeah, like I said, it's a wee way to, to bond with the boys and have a bit of a chat over in the changing rooms, I guess, is, is probably the uh, the biggest highlight because some of them ain't going that well, but some of them do, you know. So it's a, <laughs> yeah. a, bit of a bit of a bit of fun. Yeah, nice. Um, I was going to say, let's, after this question, we'll wait for the sirens, but they all left anyway. Well, so I thought that was part of your sound effects. I was like, yeah. that's, that's some good shit there, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to give the ambience that we're like in Shibuya at the moment, you know. Uh, um, a lot of people can't get to Japan at the moment because the borders are closed, but, yeah. you know, they're basically there. Just put the headphones in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you haven't dropped the fact that we're in Hiroshima at the moment, mm, have you? So nah. we've probably got a um, shout out to these guys, actually. Yeah. Um, um, we went along to a group, a couple of us managed to, to walk down to or have a wee look at the, the, the museum, the bomb museum. It was yeah. pretty, uh, pretty crazy, but. Mm. Again, plenty of one of those things that I'm glad I've done now in Japan. And one of the things I've been able to do as, as many things as I'd like, but yeah, uh, yeah pretty. Uh, I'm actually um, sounds a bit wanky now, but <laughs> like, I studied a lot of history at school. And, yeah, um, yeah, uh, it fascinates me a lot of history, and obviously Japan's got mm. its uh, history, and uh, it's, it's always interesting to learn it. Yeah, no, um, that atomic bomb. There's like two plays. Obviously, Nagasaki got one dropped on as well. But mm. went to a lucky enough to both go to both just 
like you, I guess, did today um, before, you know, away games and stuff, just going to them. And, yeah, for anyone who hasn't been, definitely place to go. Like, you don't feel too happy going out of it, but from seeing all the stuff, like, it makes you sad, but I think it's stuff that you need to see and uh, experience it because it's all, uh, yeah, pretty raw at times. But Yeah, I mean, history's like that, isn't it? There's mm. uh, quite often it's all the crap stuff that's uh, remembered and talked about and um, humans have got a history of being pretty... Um, dog shit to each other, I mm. guess, and that's uh, yeah, no more prevalent than, than what we saw today. But mm. let's talk about something positive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but cool. Well, we'll go to uh, the fifty million uh, questions I got from the poultridge, um, the peacock, as we call them. Um, but yeah, like I said, obviously, very uh, big name in the world of rugby, in NZ, in uh, France, and obviously over here, everyone's Slade or Sang, Slade or Sensha. Everyone loves this lady. Um, uh, but yeah. Good hype. Oh. <laughs> um, I've got a few. Oh, first one from Ben that he actually mentioned, uh, Jue. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that, is that just play or something? Yep. Yeah. Um, said explain Jue. Yep. I think you've nailed it, mate. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, like, I, it's a simple <laughs> Japanese, uh, for, sorry, French word, but uh, it's probably taken on a little bit of a life here because. You know, when I, I sort of yell out, like, play on, I don't know why when I come over, I just yell Jouet because it's just a, a word that just mm-hmm. stuck and that's in my head and it's just like, get on with it and play mm-hmm. Jouet, you know. It's like it's a bit of a, yeah, it's a mentality, I guess, now. Mm-hmm. It's just what, like, play where you see kind of thing? Yeah, crack on. Yeah, nice, nice. Game if you Yeah, oh, nice. I was going to actually ask you, is there a Japanese phrase or word that stuck with you that one of the boys have taught you or anything? Um, Probably. I just can't think of one right now. You know, nice. well, if can one you ask me that up, one later? Yeah, well, I can <laughs> edit this out, and yeah. you would have answered in two seconds. Yeah. Um, sweet. Next one. Uh, was your biggest influence from a coach or a player, uh, and outside of rugby, that makes him the man he is? It was. Refer. It's a tough question. Yeah. It was. Uh, I'm not sure if he's over, what makes me the person I am. Yeah, I think uh, who's kind of made you the man you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting question, and I probably put probably would have liked to have put some more time into this, but mm. look, I think each coach you have, you have different bits that you take from them. Um, you know, some are really good tactically, some are really good like as a as a person as a leader. And the first person jumps out to me is Jamie Joe, and that's mm-hmm. you know that's ironic there that obviously we're in Japan and he's yeah, yeah. he's the boss here, <laughs> but like he taught me how. Um, well, what it what it should look like to be a leader, yeah. Um, in terms of a team, in terms of commanding a presence and a, and a, and a respect, I guess, and obviously earning that respect, but um, how to present yourself and and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I probably grew most under him as a person as a leader. Um, and he he empowered me that when I was at the ten down in the Highlanders, and mm-hmm. um, you know, gave me that. But obviously, I had a few injuries and stuff like that, so it's challenging. But you know, I, I don't think he was. You know, he had a few areas, um, and I think Brand, well, I was there. He didn't have Brownie, and yeah. um, you know, he probably tried to to cover Brownie's now job, but mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the attack and stuff like that, and Brownie sort of, I think, you know, what is it, Zing, Zang, mm, whatever yeah, you want to yeah. say it, but they complement each other exactly, right? exactly. So, um, but yeah, I've had plenty, of, plenty of coaches. I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's too many. I've, I've had a few coaches over my mm-hmm. time, I guess. To, um, to go through them all, but um, yeah, I mean, like even Scott Robinson now at the 
at the Crusaders there, just a fantastic guy in yeah. terms of culture and getting buy-in. Um, yeah, tough, it's, a, it's a good question. Mm. Maybe uh, maybe you should send me the details of that person and I'll get in touch with them and maybe give them a phone call. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. Um, they'll be stoked. Uh, already. Hey, uh, hey, or she. Hey, or she. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, oh, here we go. What's your favourite type of beer and why? Um, plenty of good types of beer. No, yeah, you've got plenty of good beers, I mm-hmm. guess, but um, no, I don't know. Yeah, a good spades, mate. A good spades. Oh, nice. nice. From Ireland, as day we're on that topic at the minute, but yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Oh, it's nice. Um, sorry, you mentioned your injuries there. Did you, was it your hand or your jaw or like you broke? It's fine, I can edit all this out. I can make myself look like a king. Um, I'll add a few stutters to yours. It's a, it's a lot of editing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you had a few, a bit of an injury run uh, at the Highlanders. Yep. Um, but for any young guys uh, going through that stuff, I guess, uh, any advice or anything you learned from, I guess, that time off the field? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of learnings, I guess, that I've had along the way, but um, ultimately, I, I suppose, you know, not getting too beat up about it's probably the most important thing and just doing what you can control and cracking on with it and and using that time, you know, obviously every injury is different, but using that time to get better somewhere, mm-hmm. somehow, um, and that might be, you know, obviously physically, um, you hurt your right leg, you practice on your left, mm-hmm. you'd... You, you can't do weights there, you do weights somewhere else, or yeah. or it might just be that, um, you know, getting used to that grind of coming back from an injury mm-hmm. is, is something that I took a lot and learned a lot from and and growing a backbone in terms of disappointment and being able to handle it. Yeah. Um, something that, you know, unfortunately I had a lot. Like I think I had about 10 surgeries in, year, in 18, nine surgeries in 18 months. Like wow. I had quite a lot and had a bit of a rubbish time, but. I sort of got to the point where it was like nothing bad could really. I was obviously shit. You know, yeah, like yeah. bad news after bad news and injury after injury. But you know, you just sort of took on your stride and cracked on, and uh, and then yeah, just sort of handled it better, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just getting used to that grind and and being able to motivate yourself and train yourself and yeah. and not getting have to get spoon fed because a lot of the time when you're injured, you're on your own and mm. and yeah, just cracking on with it and, and yeah. becoming a more resilient dude. Wow, nice. Dude. Oh, what a quote. Um, Alrighty, another one you've By had. the way, I have a habit when I, sometimes I talk and you probably have figures out I just keep talking too much. Um, Feel free to edit oh, that. No, no, uh, it's fine here when I don't have to translate you, but when I don't have a pen and paper with me, um, it scares just me. Keep lost. <laughs> oh, just keep talking. Oh, just stop. You need like a code word. <laughs> yeah, peaches. Um, uh, no, that's the other code word. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. Other show. Yeah, I won't... Uh, I won't make that mistake again, Jace. Um, no, um, <laughs> uh, we had a deep question, so another one from Ben Poultridge next. Uh, Do we just, we just make up other names so we just make it sound like they didn't oh, all yeah. come from Ben? Sorry, sorry. Uh, we got one from Pin Boltridge. Uh, what's your body fat? I heard you do uh, 500 calories every session. Or you burn, I guess he means. But Yeah, yeah. Um, that is true. That is true. I have to. Um, as a minimum. But my real objective is just a double Ben. Hmm. Ben's calories because he's in and out. He's fast man. He's also fast in the gym. He gets in and out. Him yeah. neck uh, <laughs> and wife a little. Yeah, spend more time chatting than working. Yeah, uh, but I know I don't know what my skin folds are. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
is it, yeah, if you can get the job done, um, doesn't matter. No, you got to work like harder. You, you got to work harder as you get older. <laughs> yeah, I've told you. Yeah, stay, stay, uh, stay out with these younger blokes. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, there was another question. I said, "How do you stay in such good shape?" But I guess that's it. Eh? Just profession. Be a professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to answer that question specifically, but mm-hmm. along those lines, I guess uh, what I said. You just got to learn to love that grind, and um, mm. as you get a bit older, you realise that. Uh, you know, the rugby gig's a sweet gig and uh, not very often you just get to work out and get healthy as hell and uh, as, as you can and um, it won't last forever and you have to get another job and, and whatever yeah. that might be. But at the moment, yeah, you get paid to train, you might as well do it properly. And, uh, yeah, yeah I was, again, that was something that I came to. Um, yeah, I suppose when you, when you start off, and this is well off track and this is probably something you're just going to have to edit out, but <laughs> like, when you start off when you're young, you kind of train to impress your coaches to get selection and all that yeah, sort of stuff yeah. and you want to look like you're, you're working hard and all that sort of stuff. And I think as you get older, you realise pretty quickly that uh, – well, not quickly, sorry. You don't you don't realise it quickly. It takes your time and mm-hmm. it's uh, – that you're, you're actually training for yourself. Yeah. You're not training for anyone else. You're not training to impress anyone else. The way you impress someone is by playing well mm-hmm. and the way you do that is by, by training harder and better and becoming a better version of yourself. And, um, yeah, I just um, – yeah, I sort of I figured out that my motivation wasn't right at certain times, and and I think that was just a young thing when you're trying to impress everyone. But you know, actually being a bit selfish about it, and actually mm-hmm. not selfish, but just more the mindset you're doing it for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't matter what your perception is of everyone else. Mm-hmm. The result is what you put on the track um, will be a reflection of it. So yeah, my biggest advice mm-hmm. for all the young kids watching on this and yeah. the older kids, yeah, yeah, no, it would just be yeah, you only get out what you put in. Nice. Uh, and that's yeah that was probably my my biggest growth I guess and I figured out pretty quickly that uh, while you've got the opportunity to do it mm-hmm. do it as hard as you can because you know a little bit better in certain areas can lead to a, a lot of bit better to use horrible English but to try mm-hmm. and flow, hit the flow yeah, yeah. Um, you know you can get a lot more reward out of it but you've only got a short career so yeah yeah Cut that mm-hmm. as you want to cut. It's a long talk. Sumimasen. That's yeah. the only Japanese I've learned to know. That's all you need. Ikimashou and Iridakimasu. Oh, nice, nice. That's better. Sayonara. <laughs> um, oh, sayonara. Um, yeah, I guess because uh, I see you, you know, uh, you were saying your pre-game kicking prep that you do is basically what you've done, you know, throughout your whole career, you're saying. And stuff that we're doing in our preseason games and stuff, but it's uh, that's just you know what works for you, and you just keep doing that. Is it just about finding what works for you there, or do you think there's like a kind of formula, like for a ten you do this or anything, or do you think it's quite individualized? It is quite, yeah, it definitely is quite individualized. But it's yeah, you've got like a, I suppose a template mm-hmm. you can you can put together and and work with and figure out and try and get as many ideas of people to sort of plug into your own little wee routine I guess and you know I've just you know been around circles on a few things and sort of found my own thing and, and stuck to that and yeah it's, it's gone right I guess yeah yeah and you've got um young gun Nick Eady uh, following you around doing that with you so teaching the young guy the next generation the ropes there eh? yeah well he's obviously uh got an interesting upskilling himself off the field as well mm. not off the field but as a you know and as he gets older and all the rest of it, and he wants to move into a bit of coaching, so it's um mm. he's been uh, he's been good to work with. He's not a bad bloke. Yeah, nah. um, shout out Nick. Nice Nick. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, just a few quick ones to finish. Um, 
don't have to go into any details if you don't want to, but there's a cue that I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, what's the, I guess, best place that you've had to go out for a night out or anything? Like you've been obviously been in a lot of different places around the world, but what's the best place for a night out? Oh, dear. It's been a while. Um, oh, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's some pretty dope places over there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. No, nice. Um, short. Yeah, nice short and shelf. Uh, Favorite Japanese food? Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, no, that yakiniku is just, yeah, oh. that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I eat the most sushi. Mm-hmm. Well, funnily enough, I eat the most uh, croissants, which is not Japanese food, but yeah. it's a lovely croissant, French croissant place around the road for me, so mm-hmm. I go there. But uh, yeah, I love Japanese food. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, uh, this is one that I ask a lot of people. Everyone always talks about positives and stuff, but what's one thing negative like what's the most annoying thing you saw whatever living in japan like what have you found the hardest being popular <laughs> true true um <laughs> uh perfect sums it up but yeah so easy do you want to leave it there um yeah yeah uh, it's just uh, it's only been covered for me like this mm. so it's pretty uh pretty spot on I, I do enjoy it here um i've got a couple i've got three kids three girls so oh, yeah. um one wee difference is obviously smaller living quarters over here, and that can, yeah, true, can true. drive me and the wife around uh, around the bend a wee bit. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lovely place. I'm looking forward to spending a little bit more time here in the summer this year, and yeah. um, I'm going to spend an extra few weeks after the season. Mm-hmm. Normally, we get out of here pretty quick, but um, I just want to experience uh, as much of the Japan culture as I can. Yeah, because um, at the moment the COVID rules and stuff around Japan are you know listening, but. For some reason, League One's just getting more and more strict, eh? so we are pretty much in our own bubble until the season ends. But once the season's done, I think we're all free to kind of experience Japan again. So, mm. uh, yeah, if you ever need a tour guide, uh, I'm available. Rapongia is where here you're a specialist. Oh, you? oh yeah. I've been there a few times. Not a specialist. No one's oh, a really? specialist. It always gets you in the end. Got to stay there again. That's for the Patreon podcast. Mm. Um, yeah, let us know if you want that. It'll be a I'll start one up. Um, but mm. <laughs> no, uh, sweet. I think, uh, that's about it. Eh? I, uh, don't want to keep you too long. Obviously, you're a very busy man. If I go over the hour, then your manager charges me another Ichiman. So I think we're on about. I think we're already gone. Uh, I only push record at a certain time. So once you edit yeah. it, though, you'll get it down right. Yeah, it'll be a 20 minute it's podcast. Not, as long as it's not like at length. <laughs> but no, um, I guess, yeah. I'm going to enjoy listening to this, Doug. Mm. Um, I haven't listened to my podcast yet, so oh. I'm to get into it. And yeah. then uh, might follow up with a few of the other lads too and see how bad they were at it. Yeah. Um, if you want one, uh, this non-player that you enjoy, young A-Train, John, John Akiba's on there as well. So. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. And listen to his American accent. Jesus, yeah. hard act to follow. <laughs> oh, what a beast he is. Um, but any, I guess, parting words for your uh, for the listeners, for the community, or any, you've already given a lot of great advice, but... Uh, any advice or anything like that? Um, no. No, I think I'll see it, see it a bit. Yeah. So it's just been a thank you for tuning in. If you've managed to last it to the end of the podcast, it's further than I usually do when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> I normally stop listening pretty quick. But, uh, yep, thank you very much. Yeah, nice. Adios. Thanks for listening to another episode of the JRW Podcast. Make sure to rate and share the pod if you enjoy it. And don't forget to use code JRW15 at the ANR Pro checkout for a 15% discount. Arigats, I'll talk to you next week.